Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. I want to start by giving you a command of where we're going this morning, and it sounds like this. Obey by faith and leave the outcome with God. Obey by faith and leave the outcome with God. I'm stating it as a command because we're going to be encouraged by this great hall of faith today. And we don't want to sit back and admire these heroes of the past, but realize that they are people just like you and just like me who obeyed in their context and left the outcome with God. And I'm wondering in your life right now, where do you need to obey by faith and leave the outcome with God? Notice what I did not say. I did not say let go and let God. Not in the Bible. I know that bothers some of you. The Bible talks about obedience, running the race, obeying the commands of God and then leaving the outcomes with him, empowered by him. So where in your life right now do you need to obey by faith and that whatever happens, happens? That's what we're looking at this morning in chapter 11. And I'm going to tell you this. The outcomes aren't always what you had hoped for. I doubt the prophet Isaiah knew that he was going to be sawed in two. How about that for an outcome? And yet, the whole chapter, people are commended for their faith and leave the outcomes to God. Let's look at chapter 11. Let's go ahead and look at that in details. We're in Hebrews 11, 17 through 40. And just to give you a quick overview, previously, we've said a lot of things about faith that you may or may not remember. I'll recap real quick. Faith obeys the voice of God. Faith obeys the voice of God even when the earthly future is not clear. Faith obeys the voice of God even in the midst of the impossible. Faith obeys the voice of God even in the unknown by looking toward home and relying on God's faithfulness. And so we have come to this point where we say, obey by faith and leave the outcome with God. Let's jump in. Let's do this. It's going to be great. Starting in Hebrews 11 verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his one and only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be named or called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. All right, get this. 25 years of waiting patiently by faith, Abraham received the promise of the Lord. Isaac was going to be the one through whom many descendants would come as numerous as stars in the skies, countless as the sand on the seashore. And then right in the middle of that, God said, kill him. Kill your son, Isaac. Now that really baffles me. 
that after 25 years of waiting for the promise, you finally get the son, and now you've got to be kidding that God wants you to kill him. Well, maybe God was, what it seems like, I'm reading the Bible right, God was testing him. Does Abraham truly believe that God will produce descendants even if Abraham kills Isaac? And Abraham's like, sure. And so he went to offer his son because what did he believe? He believes that, hey, maybe God's going to raise him from the dead. (laughs) And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. There are times in our life where things don't go as we have planned. We think we've been praying about something and, and we think God's about to give it to us and then it doesn't quite work out that way. I remember back in 2011, my wife and I felt moved that we were going to adopt a child from Jamaica in 2011. In 2012, they called us back. They said, uh, we still have no news for you. Do you want to continue in the process? We said, yes. In 2012, they called us and said, we have no news. Do you want to continue in the process? We said, yes. 2014, once again, we have no news. Do you want to continue in the process? Yes. 2015, we have no news. Do you want to continue in the process? Yes. 2016, we have no news. Do you want to continue in the process? Yes. 2017, No news. Do you want to continue in the process? And then finally, in 2018, we have news. We have your son. You can come get him. We went, flew to Jamaica. After several months, he came home, and we lived happily ever after. And for those of you who know my story and our story, you know that's not the case. After so many years of waiting, he comes to us. And through a lot of drama and trauma over the last three years, He's no longer with us. And I gotta think, really? Are you serious? Is that the way things work? But what are we called to do as people of faith? We're to obey and leave the outcome to God. Even when we pray for something and we get it and it's taken away, We need to know this. You ready for this? The story is not over. Maybe something more will happen on this earth. We'll pray to that end. But when we are in eternity and we see the big picture when we're with the Lord forever, we will see that our role, stepping out in faith and obedience and outcomes and results and all that, as painful as it may be, is in God's sovereign hands. Our part is to obey, even when it's painful. Well, let's continue. Verses 20 and 22. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. And by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. Now, did you notice these three guys? You got Isaac, who walked in his father's footsteps, blesses Jacob and Esau. Jacob keeps it going, blesses each of Joseph's sons. Joseph took it to another level and prophesied about his bones and the exodus of the Israelites. I want you to notice two things. People here, when they are giving out the blessings, are still filled with faith, and they are old. I want you to also notice that they are blessing the next generation by their faith. 
by faith. I don't know if you've noticed, but our congregation is in the third third of your life, which is a very polite way to say that you're old. All right? Now, you want to still be filled by faith, but you don't want to say, I have faith, now my faith is going to terminate on me in my life. No, you want to be like these people and say, no, I have faith, therefore I'm going to bless the next generation. I mean, are you thinking about it? Like, things must be done the way I want them done, or I'm here to bless the next generation. Did you know that some of the people moving into the village right now are the age of your kids? Does that freak you out? If your kids are the ones that moved into the village, would you want them to attend your church? You would say, absolutely. Would you want to bless the next generation so much that you may be willing to sing different songs that you're not used to? I'm just asking. Are you willing to make adjustments and changes because we want to bless the next generation coming into the village? Yes, of course. And we are a church that blesses the next generation and sending out missionaries throughout the world. This church does that. That's next generation. This church is planting churches to reach next generation. Planted one in Virginia, planted one in Alabama, and college students are coming to faith in Christ by your faith. And we got some more to go. We don't want to age, have strong faith, and have it terminate on us, but we want to look beyond us to the next generation and bless them by faith. We'll keep going. Verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So Moses starts out his life. He's surrounded by the faith of his parents to simply preserve his life. They see that he's no ordinary child. And the Pharaoh's saying, throw all those Hebrew babies into the Nile. And they're like, you want us to throw the baby into the Nile? All right, we'll put it in the Nile. By faith. And then Moses grows up, imitating the faith of his parents. You see in verse 24, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. That's interesting. He's facing ill treatment. In fact, it says that he saw the reproach of Christ as far greater than the rewards of the treasures of Egypt. What does this mean, the reproach of Christ? Well, let me quote here. It says, the reproach of Christ refers to the earthly disgrace Christ received. Like Christ, Moses chose to suffer the indignities associated with God's people instead of embracing the worldly pleasures of Pharaoh's court. And what's the opposite of this? To enjoy the temporary pleasures of sin. Did you know in our culture, it seems like every message we are hearing is go with your heart, go with what you feel, go with the flow, live your life to the fullest. And you come in here on a Sunday morning and we're saying, don't give in to your heart, don't give in to your flesh, 
say no, forego the temporary pleasures of sin. It seems like it's a message, oh, you just need to preach that to teenagers, all five of them in here, and ignore the rest of you. Yes, teenagers, you need to forego the temporary pleasures of sin because you have a greater reward. Yes, non-teenagers, you need to forego the temporary pleasures of sin because you're looking ahead to your reward, the Lord, his kingdom. We can actually live that way. We don't have to be living it up. Do you see that Noah is building an ark while people are living it up in ease and sin? He does not engage. He's focused on obeying the Lord. Keep going. Verse 27 and 29, here we go. It says, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch him. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. So in the face of threatened death and the king's wrath, Moses had the blood sprinkled over the doorposts of the Israelites so the destroyer, the firstborn, would not destroy them. In addition, he's pressing on. He's going to the Red Sea. Egyptians try to do it. They're drowned. Why could Moses and the people do that? Because by faith. And why were the Egyptians drowned? Not by faith. Do you realize this? Your faith in Christ will save you, and the lack of faith of Christ and others will be their doom. I know we're really flippant with the words faith. You know, people say you just got to have faith. But do we realize how weighty and serious this faith is? That we're saying that by faith, we will fear the Lord, then we will fear the world. This past week when I was at this conference, one of the uh, speakers there, was a young African-American woman named Jackie Hill Perry. Some of you may know who she is. And the Lord had saved her and radically changed her from a life of sin and homosexuality. And she wrote a book called Gay Girl, Good God. It's a good book. She read it. She goes around, speaks on college campuses. Do you think that she is well-received? Not at all. She gets threats. She gets, obviously, challenges, cursed out. Who does she fear more, people or the Lord? You see this right here? Moses facing the king's wrath and anger. Pharaoh, sorry, Pharaoh, by faith. I'm going to lead the people out of here. We're called to live by faith regardless of the outcomes, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the threats, regardless of the pushback, no matter what people say, we're going to follow the word. Keep going. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. (laughs) We've read this story way too much, right? You're so, so comfortable with it. Do you know how ridiculous this would be? They're marching around the walls of Jericho. What, who looked ridiculous after seven days? Not them. When it's all said and done, their faith may look ridiculous, but in the grand scheme of things, it was God's will for them to do it that way. And the walls came tumbling down. 
And this is what I've been saying for three weeks in a row as we preach the word, and I'm not sure you've been listening, and so I have to say it again because I'm not sure I've been listening. So I'm going to ask again. Is there anything in your life that people look at your life, and if they're not a believer, they say, that's ridiculous? And I'm going to ask it this way. What in your life is an ark? What in your life is a tent? What in your life is a baby? And now what in your life is a wall? What in your life is an ark? Noah is building an ark. People think he's crazy. Anything in your life like that? What in your life is a tent? Abraham, he's rich. He moves to the promised land. Come on, build a big old palace or something. He lives in a tent. He says, I'm not going to associate with the people of the land. What in your life is a tent? And what in your life is a baby? Abraham and Sarah, they turn the retirement home into maternity ward. Baby. And what in your life is a wall? Just go and walk around this. We're going to just keep doing it. I don't care how foolish we look. Is there anything in your life that people can say, you know what? That's crazy. Because if God is not real, and if heaven is not forever, then you are crazy. What in your life distinguishes you from your neighbor? You should really think about that. If there's nothing that distinguishes you from the unbelieving the world, are we living in line with the word? Chapter 11 is people doing crazy things by faith. They stood out at their time. What are you doing? What am I doing by faith? Because we're exiles. It's not our home here on this earth. Verse 31, by faith Rahab the harlot, prostitute, by faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. It's interesting that she's in the hall of faith, right? That's, that's, that should give a lot of us hope that there are people that we know from immoral backgrounds Gentile backgrounds, pagan backgrounds, that God still saves. Do you believe that God still saves sinners? Even those kind of sinners. Think about the kind of sinners you can't stand. Yeah, those kind of sinners. This past week when I was at this conference, there was a woman that was getting up there to give her testimony. And her testimony is this, that she was caught up into the whole transgender movement and she decided she wanted to be a man. So she ended up changing her name, changing pronouns, taking hormones, doing surgeries. Does God save transgender people? Five years in, she gets saved. Do you know how crazy and radical it is and how much they leave behind once they get saved? Not only does she get saved, gets convicted by the Lord that she is not a man but a woman and spends the next year detransitioning. You want to know how hard that is? Look it up. 
by faith. And I know some of you got kids and grandkids that are all into that craziness. And you're thinking, does God still save transgender kids? Yes. And people like that don't need our disgust. They don't need our disdain. They need our prayer. They need our compassion. And they need the gospel. God is still saving sinners, all kinds of sinners, prostitutes, all the way down. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? Well, go on. For time will tell and will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Wow, what great heroes we have here. We got Daniel, shut the mouth of lions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who quits the power of the fire. And then you're going, wait, hold on just a second. David? Okay, okay. There was that Bathsheba issue. And then that murder of her husband issue. But you can kind of see some faith in David's life. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with David. But then you like, wait, Gideon? I don't know about that one. Barak? He's a big old sissy. I don't know about that one. You should go read that story. Samson, oh, Samson. And then Jephthah, oh boy. Go read the story in Judges of Jephthah. Does it make you think, I don't know about these guys, Lord. But you know what? Right here in the word, doesn't talk about all their foolishness, but talks about their faith. That encourages me, because I don't know about you, but I got a lot of foolishness in my life. And yet, I'm not defined by my foolishness. Neither are you. If you're in Christ, you can be defined by your faith. This encourages me that fallen, broken men and women are used by God and are commended by God by faith. And none of that other crazy stuff is brought up. Let that encourage you. No matter how far off you've gone and you've come back that now you can live a life of faith. Finish up, 36. Verse 35, women received back their dead by resurrection and others were tortured, not accepting the release so they might obtain a better resurrection. You think about the two women in the Old Testament received back the dead from Elijah and Elisha, but not all escaped death. Many were tortured. They wouldn't renounce Christ, but They're waiting for a better resurrection. Verse 36. And others experienced mockings and scourgings. Yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And when I read this, I get so convicted because I don't know about you, but I love comfort. And these heroes of the faith were beaten, stoned to death, sawed in two, wearing sheepskins. Think about it. Our closets are full with comfortable clothes, wearing sheepskins and goatskins. They have no place to call home, live in deserts and mountains. And it says the world was not worthy of them. 
And the word spoken to the Hebrews is, that is the way you are to live, even unto death, as they're being persecuted for their faith. No matter what they're going through, they are to live by faith. And then he finishes it up in 39 and 40. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. So these heroes are looking ahead. They did not receive what was ultimately promised now. And I don't know if you know this, but we get the better. Did you get that? Because God had provided something better for us. We get the better. We get Jesus. They couldn't see the whole picture, and yet they live by faith. How much more should we who get Jesus live by faith even more? Through his life, death, resurrection, reconciled to the Father, through faith in him. Did you kind of get what they're getting at here? Chapter 11, Old Testament saints living by faith, and yet they didn't see all the details of Jesus. Now we have Jesus. How much more together with them should we live by faith? We get the fuller revelation, the bigger picture. We know the details of Jesus in his life, death, resurrection. We are now to walk in the line of faith. So I'll say it again. Faith obeys the voice of God and leaves the results and the outcomes to God. And as we consider the word of God and all the commands that are in it, I ask you right now, where do you need to obey and leave the outcome to God? Just think about it. Where do you need to obey right now, leave the outcome to God? Not a let go, let God. Like what do you need to do by his grace to obey by faith? And whatever happens, happens. Maybe you need to have that conversation with someone. Whatever happens, happens. Maybe you need to be real aggressive in your giving. Whatever happens, happens. Where you need to be aggressive and finally tell your neighbors about Jesus and if they don't invite you over again, whatever happens, happens. I think about um, my time when my wife and I got married in, in 1997. Then we moved to Santa Monica, my first church right there. If you don't know Santa Monica, when L.A. falls into the ocean, that will be the first place to go. Right there. Beautiful. Surrounded by people who don't know Jesus. And a church that's over 100 years old doing everything I can possibly do to share the gospel, preach the gospel, pray fast. And after six and a half years, that church closed. You get that? So I show up out of seminary, my wife, I'm excited, doing everything I possibly know how to do by faith, and the church closes. Abba's just responsible for preaching, for showing up and praying, and the outcome was what it was. But I do want to tell you this. I'm showing up again this morning. God's kingdom is still advancing. I look back at my life and the things that have happened, and I think I wish that would not have happened. I wish there would have been another way. I wish things would not have gone sideways. I've made a lot of sins, a lot of mistakes but you are still here this morning. And you may look back and you go, that was a disaster. Even times when you stepped out in faith, that was a disaster. 
but that is not your responsibility for an outcome. Do you, do you truly believe that you are not in control of outcomes? Your part is by his grace and by his power to obey by faith and leave the result and leave the outcome with God. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.